Hey everybody, this is Adam, co-host of this very podcast. Just dropping in to let you know that the episode you're about to listen to was originally released way back in July of last year. Back then, it was a subscriber-only episode. We're releasing it to the public today, honestly, because we have a bunch of sponsors this week. And we have to put out a free episode to secure that ad money bag. That's the trade-off you get for listening for free, you know? You sometimes have to wait 11 months to hear an episode, and it will be littered with ads. But hey, you still get to listen for free. That said, if you find those ads super annoying and want some extra episodes each month, you can always subscribe at patreon.com unpops or unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech. You get ad-free versions of all of our public episodes, plus four bonus episodes each month. Two bonus episodes of Pretty Scary, like the one you're about to listen to now, which, shockingly, is not about ghost adventures, and two episodes of Celebra Tragic, a subscriber-only show that I co-host with Carrie Martin. And you can get all of that for as little as just $4 per month. Subscribe to Just Pretty Scary, or subscribe to the entire network. The world is your oyster. For the record, there's a new episode of Celebra Tragic up on the Patreon and Supercast today about unsolved celebrity murders. Subscribe now and check it out. As for the bonus episode you're about to hear now, it covers a documentary called Hat Man, King of the Shadow People, which you can watch for free on Amazon. And speaking of free, those ad breaks I mentioned, you'll know one's coming when you hear this sound. You can't miss it. All right. Thanks. We love you. Let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty scary, boo. Oh my God, Caitlin, is that a shadow person behind you? It is a shadow person behind me. Really? What's his I've name? In, I've invited him. This is Harry. Harry. Mm-hmm. You don't look Harry. <laughs> you look like a shadow. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. You know what? I liked that joke. Thank I thought you. it was a great joke. I hope Harry liked it. Harry did. Harry did. Uh, How have you been since we recorded last? I've seen some shadow people. I... I did. I, I, I saw a shadow people. I texted you. Yeah, I have, I we have the picture you that you sent. It is interesting. So we're going to we're going to talk about the hat man, this documentary um, that you can find on Amazon free to watch. I had seen one other thing about what this is very closely connected to, which is sleep sleep paralysis. Right. And um, that one is called the, the that that documentary is called The Nightmare. It's excellent. It's very creepy, like deeply creepy. Um, so that was my kind of connection to this whole shadow man thing, uh, or sorry, hat man thing. I, I'd known that there these shadow people existed, but what I didn't know is the hat man specifically as a silhouette, which this documentary explores is like the ringleader of shadow people. He's the king of the shadow people. Yeah. And he's got an outfit to match and I was impressed by how well the movie teaches you to look for these shadow people. And once you're looking for them, they really, the symbology of this shadow person, whether it's some collective unconscious thing or actually connected to some kind of djinn, which we're going to explore, it is everywhere. It really is. 
I was shocked. Yeah, and like there could there are all sorts of possible explanations for why it's everywhere, but it doesn't change the fact that this is everywhere. And it's a notion or an idea that stretches back as far back as you want it to. Like yeah. if we're just yeah. talking about shadowy figures that are perceived to come from another realm or dimension, pretty much every religion, every culture has some version of that. Well, what I find fascinating about sleep paralysis is the consistency of experiences. Um, I have had sleep paralysis one time and what I interpreted it was, I mean, I was probably, how old was I? 16? I was young. And I thought I had just had a very vivid dream that I had been abducted by aliens. And that's what creeped me out about the nightmare because there is a woman um, and about this is that there's this like very strong overlap of people that claim to have had seen the hat man, seen shadow people, and also have these alien abduction experiences. Right. So to be clear, I do not identify as a person who believes that I have been abducted by aliens, but I have experienced sleep paralysis and it is very scary. It is. Yeah. I've never experienced it. I, when I worked for Playboy, I was running a website, a comedy website of theirs called The Smoking Jacket. And I published an article by a comedian friend of mine named Kalise Hawkins, who is uh, still, she's a very successful comedian. And she has, she suffers from sleep paralysis like regularly. And her article, that website doesn't exist anymore. So I don't know if you'd be able to find that article anymore, but it is terrifying. Her description of the shit she sees when it happens. It's like, there's a fucking alien in your room. And it's not the kind of thing where you're ever going to get used to it. No. Like, you're not just going to eventually be like, oh, there's that alien again. Well, and it also sounds like when you have those experiences, you don't get access to your rational mind. Clearly, you're not you're not in dialogue with the rational, conscious, filtered pieces of humanness. Like, it's tapping into something real deep down. And I think the terror would be fresh every time for that reason. And... What is interesting about the Hatman documentary to me is the nightmare, that documentary, and a lot of the, I guess I'll say, rational discussion around this tends to focus on sleep paralysis. And the Hatman documentary gets into stories from people where they're not asleep, but they're still seeing this. And what's interesting to me about a lot of the alternate explanations for this is that it's still sleep related. Like when they say, well, methamphetamine can cause this and you have hallucinations, that's still because you're not sleeping or sleep deprivation can cause it. It's because you're not sleeping. Yeah. And I like, I've always liked the conversation of, it's almost like a chicken or egg conversation. You know, you could say that because of your lack of faculties, you are, your brain is simulating these experiences, but the consistency of what people see and what they experience leads me to believe. And, and I, I'll say this, it leads me to believe that we're really more talking about how we access the other side of a veil that exists. And, you know, is there, 
there, we know that there are other dimensions. We know this. This is not, this isn't crazy. It's not, it's not something people, you know, have, have imagined. Not that, you know, we've discovered this already. And it's very weird to me to assume that consciousness, that the, 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 the meaning making machine that we are is the only consciousness that exists within all of these dimensions. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. And it, I, I, I like that this documentary explores the idea of people who have come into contact with this while doing things like ayahuasca, which is like, that's the kind of thing, like the way we work now, people would hear that and go, Oh, you were high. But like indigenous people, native people have been using ayahuasca for that exact reason for a long time, because it, when you're under the influence of it and DMT also, you have this perception of being able to communicate with beings from a different realm. And I think I I told you about like that drum circle experience that I had. And that's what the thing does. It stimulates the same gland in your brain. And when you're asleep or when you're just extra tired, that is a sort of different form of consciousness as opposed to being wide awake. Well, there's a reason why people say that they have visitation dreams with loved ones that feel real. I mean, I've I've had those. I've I've had dreams about people who have died and then I've had dreams that felt like genuine visitations from people because of what I felt when I woke up. It just that's what changed. That's that's what felt different about it is something was here, something was with me, something reached out, you know, from the other side in a great way. I've also had very scary experiences about the other side of that, but Um, I think that this, I think you're right. I think that this documentary, I don't think it was well done. I'll be honest, but I do think it's an, I think what they were basically trying to do is just line up one account after another and just kind of present this body of research that they've been able to accumulate, which I can completely respect and understand. Yeah. It was a little repetitive, but, but I made, I think it's the point. Yeah. It's, it's repetitive and I think there are people interviewed who I think there are there are varying degrees of believability. There's one woman that they spend a whole lot of time on who yeah. seems like she might just be schizophrenic. She just seems like she has mental illness. Right. But yeah. then there are other accounts that don't come off that way. And the thing about the, about the wallpaper lady, right? Yeah. The woman in front of, yeah, she's just sad, in my opinion. I, I didn't really buy what she had to say. But the thing about the documentary not being that well done, it is well done when you take into account that the budget was $7,000. And I bet 5900 of that was the scene of the shadow man jumping on that woman. 100%. Because that looked great. Yeah. And then the rest is clearly interviews done via Zoom, which gives me a whole lot of hope that I could just crank out a documentary in the middle of this pandemic if I wanted to. I was going to say we should talk because I actually have an idea. I would be all for it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. but. But let's talk a little bit about the history of shadow people before we dive back into the specifics of this documentary. They are defined as the perception of a patch of shadow as a living humanoid figure interpreted as the presence of a spirit or other entity, sometimes called a black mass. And in theory, like we said, you can trace this back as far as you want. There are a number of religions and legends and belief systems that describe shadowy entities that emanate from the underworld and things of the like. The most relevant example for the documentary we're talking about today is the jinn. Yes. 
they are supernatural beings from pre-Islamic Arabian mythology, not innately good or evil. So demons that sometimes hurt, but sometimes help, basically. And the hat man and the shadow people are referred to as jinn quite frequently throughout this documentary. Yes. Which I think speaks mostly to the perception you hear from a lot of people that Sometimes this thing seems menacing and sometimes it's just there. Like it's just observing. Yep. Just hanging out. Just standing in the corner. Call it, I don't think we can call it hanging out though, can we? Because it's so scary to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's this menacing. So the way it's described is is like pure malevolence. And the feeling that I get is that a lot of people that encounter this shadow per these shadow people feel like it's an energy vampire. So this one, right. se- several of them discuss that, you know, humans create this fear that they feed off of and they need that to survive, which is, it's kind of like, I don't know if you saw the Dr. Sleep movie, but yeah. um, it's kind of like that seems to be, you know, the energy vampire concept seems to be popping up lately. Um, it's a popular, popular conspiracy theory among right wingers about liberals also that they feed off the, uh, off a secretion that comes from the gland, the adrenal glands of traumatized children. Right. We have talked about this. Yes. Um, Very. And sure. Maybe. Yeah. Why not? You know, I, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) There anyway, it's just anyway. I, Um, I did find that that theory interesting though, that these are beings that feed off of negative energy. Because one of the really interesting ideas I've heard thrown around about aliens and alien vis- alien abductions and the uh, experiments they run on people, I guess, is that what they're looking for is how the human soul works. Because aliens don't have that. Sure. That's a thing people have, and that's what aliens are down here looking for and trying to figure out. I just think all of these are the same thing. Yeah. Whatever. I, I think, I don't think it's completely insane to, to believe that there is a gradient of, of good to evil, you know, that we are passing through and also embody in different times. And, you know, there are people on this planet that are evil. Like they're just, they are, there's not, there, there are plenty of people that aren't, but like, you know, you've got Gary Ridgway, you've got the Golden State Killer. You've, I mean, what, what, motivates these people like truly like yeah and that's the human version of it and then there's whatever these people are encountering and you know i think when you've been traumatized i i maybe i'm just speaking for myself here but like you are open to i don't want to what do i want to say you're open to a higher possibility of like what being a human being is because if you've been traumatized it's not enough to just simply live make money and die that's i'm gonna need more than that i'm I'm you're gonna yeah. have to give me more than that now. And um I think there's something to be said for if you are the kind of person that has their antenna up for those experiences, if there are these malevolent forces out there, they're gonna come find you. Yeah. Because if you can't see them, they can't scare you. And if they can't scare you, they can't have dinner. Right. So there you go. I explained it. Yeah. We're done. Podcast over. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. We got it all figured out. <laughs> Hey. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The shadow people return to the public consciousness with Coast to Coast AM, which is a show we talked about a little bit before we started recording. I love that show. It is a fantastic and highly problematic show. Because yeah. it's a AM radio late night talk show that carries it on. Like, it sounds like shit. Yeah. The guy who used to host it, Art Bell, the guy who started it, we did an episode of the Conspiracy Podcast about him. By the time it was done, he was just like running that from the basement of his home in Wyoming, I think. And he would just yeah. go on the air every night and he would interview people and he would let people call in. And he's kind of the early version of Joe Rogan in that he would let someone come on and just let them talk. He wouldn't really question them. He wouldn't hit them with any tough questions, wouldn't really explore their viewpoints or what they might mean. He would just let people talk. And that sounds great, Mm -hmm. but we're talking, we're talking conspiracy theorists. So sometimes he would get like some white nationalist on there. Yeah, would just really, really dig into how, you know, Jews run the economy or something. And it's like, fucking A, Art, stop him. Yeah. I mean, I think that Art Bell is like right, you know, the precursor to YouTube. Like, yeah, that's all he was. And it's funny because my grandma used to listen to him while she was while she went to bed, too, and just loved him. Um, And she's also a huge Fox News person. So there you go. Yeah, it was. I mean, the show is still on, but there's. I think the show is still on, but there there were different hosts after Art Bell. Yeah, I don't know who's died. hosting it now. I just liked him. <laughs> but in April of 2001, Art Bell interviewed a Native American elder named Harley Swift Deer Reagan about the topic of shadow people on the air. Yep. And listeners were encouraged to send in drawings of shadow people that they'd encountered. And those images were posted online. Fortunately, they are also archived on the Library of Congress web archive, which is indeed a government website. It's remarkable what he got. Yeah, he got 35 or he posted 35 pictures. At least they're posted in. That's how many are posted at the link I'll put up. But some of them are pretty different, but a lot of them are very similar. And they... The majority of them are similar. Yeah. Like, that's a crazy thing. And it, like, just looking at them, like, there's one where a woman draws a picture of her cat reacting to this thing in the corner. That's my favorite one. And, like, a bunch of them have hats on. And it is eerie that people listening on the radio in this is the dawn of the internet so it's not like these people could go to google and type in shadow people 
and be met with thousands of image results to base their drawings on. No, they're doing a reverse image search in this one. They're right. sending they're sending the image. I mean, can you imagine like you put out this call and you get I mean, let's what are they? Like 16 of them are similar? I mean, it's it's it's, it's a lot of them. Yeah. And that would be shocking. They are like some of the pictures are will link to them. Some of them are one of them looks like Lindsay Buckingham, which I think is cool. One of them looks exactly like Lindsay Buckingham. Got the one with the silhouette and the guy that's pointing. (laughs) Yeah. That's a that's just a Fleetwood Mac concert. Yep, he's just a fan. But there's one that when I look at it, it just it's the one that look the the guy the the stuff inside the guy just looks like the static from a TV channel that's not working. And oh I don't like it one bit. Caitlin. No, because when you look at what these people are drawing, it makes it sad. (laughs) No matter what, it's sad. Yeah, every single one of them would be terrifying to see. Do you think they're interacting with something outside of themselves, or do you think that this is a collective unconscious similarity? Like, what? Which way is this flowing for you? I don't know because there's there's so much about it that seems like it's sleep related. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's medical. That's how I feel. Like it like. Well, if your body is the gateway to your soul, like what else is there? Right. And there has been lots of study and research into the subconscious and how that can manipulate the world around you. Like there are there are things about the human body that we laugh off. Like the secret is just based on that. The secret, the power of positive thinking, all of that shit comes from studies that happened in the 60s regarding the subconscious. And it's really simple stuff like basketball players being told, okay, go practice free throws, but this half of the group, just go think about practicing free throws. Picture yourself hitting free throws. And in Mm -hmm. study after study, the people who just sit and think about it do just as well as the people who practice. Yep. So your mind is a thing you can manipulate on your own, and it's a thing you can do accidentally. Like, I think there is something to the idea that if all you talk about is how terrible your life is, you're going to kind of just manifest a terrible life for yourself. That's right. And it doesn't have to be some kind of magic. It could just be... You know, you're conditioning yourself to act that way. Well, and and, and forgive me if I've told the story before, but when I was in San Francisco, I went on this ghost tour because if I'm going to be in a city, I'm going to go on a ghost tour. Like, why the hell would I not go sure. on a ghost tour? And the guy that led it was a blast. You know, he had some good parlor tricks. Like, you know, and at the end of the tour, it was a big walking tour through San Francisco. And at the end of the tour, I walked up to him and I was like, do you believe this stuff? I'm just curious, you know. And he said, I think what we classify as paranormal is only that in the sense that science hasn't been able to explain to you what's happening. And I think that that's really how I approach all of this. Like what we name as shadow people or angels or whatever, there's too many accounts of them to disregard them at this point, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. So whether or not it's coming from within or from outside, how, why wouldn't we look into this with earnestness and, 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 and curiosity? Because 
we have there are documented cases of people that have spontaneously healed there are we have all of this this is all real yeah and we just don't give it the time and i think what's really fun about this documentary is there's a paranormal expert i I don't know if she's a paranormal expert or also like a parapsychologist i'm not sure but um she collected a bunch of patient data and what I i felt like the most interesting part in the documentary was when she was talking about how you know she just saw she started seeing these overlaps of of experiences from and this is where it gets kind of mothman-y because what she says is that she noticed that people would see shadow men before an alien abduction right it's a harbinger yeah it was a harbinger of this other experience and i found that really really interesting and that's where she kind of got into this idea of there was something you know that would generated by humanity in those experiences that these shadow people were attracted to found that very interesting and it's not the only parallel to the mothman because that is a big part of the mothman is yeah he shows up when a tragedy is about to happen the descriptions are very similar mm-hmm. uh, a lot oh, of yeah. a lot of times they talk about red eyes uh mm-hmm. shadow people having red eyes and an unremarkable face <laughs> an unremarkable head yeah so got that Actually, you're right like joking aside, they talk about how they basically don't have a face. Right. <laughs> and they both show up when there's something crazy about to happen. And do you remember when we did the Mothman episode, the Mothman wasn't the only weird character in that. There yeah, was right. that agent guy who was yep. wearing a oh my suit God, and, a hat. and a hat. And people were like, That guy didn't seem normal at all. That's right. So just have fun with us, audience. What if they are related? And what if both of them are real? And what if their roles in whatever world they serve are relatively similar? Maybe Mothman responds to these signals that a large group puts off. And these dudes just uh, respond to individual people. I'm with you. I, I think I think it's there's too many similarities. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. I love this. And I do love that just like Mothman being a clumsy runner with an unremarkable head, <laughs> there is a, a fun little thing that you can poke fun at these idiots over, which yep. is that by all accounts, the way to defeat them is... Turn a light on. Just turn a light on. Turn a light on. They'll be gone. Like, that makes me feel so much better. Because it's- well, yeah. why don't you sleep with the light on, though, if you're... I mean, look, if I'm a serial sleep paralysis person, I'm sleeping with the light on. That's a, that's a done deal. Yeah. But if it's an insomnia thing, then maybe you mm-hmm. can. Yeah. No, uh, no. I feel so sorry for people with sleep problems. To me, that's like... It's like chronic migraines. It's like nobody should have to deal with that. That's awful. Yeah insomnia like i have a fair amount of trouble sleeping but i still like i can usually get four or five hours a night i would never call myself an insomniac but i do weirdly these days it's hard for me to fall asleep why something going on i don't know i can't put my finger on it yeah something feels weird in the world yeah you know it's just it's a good thing i never leave my house um anyway you know just a good old shut-in yeah we're thriving in these conditions you and I really are. This is our time. <laughs> this is our time. We're like we're like this. We're like the the the, the shadow people of people. 
<laughs> so that same year, 2001, that Art Bell starts talking about these, a woman named Heidi Hollis writes a book about shadow people. And I'm not sure if she's featured in the documentary because one sharp criticism I have about this documentary why is the font so fucking small? Oh my God, Miles almost threw our computer. I hit like every guest, like the font is, it's like, what are you hiding? I thought it was like one of those internet gags where they get you to get really close to the screen and then they were going to do like a jump scare. At the first time they did it, I'm like, I'm not falling for that. And then like the fourth time I was like, oh, this is, you're just bad at this. Yeah, okay, this, this, is, is a mis- this is a mistake that you've done. Okay, yeah. okay. You spent six grand on the demon graphics and $4 on the font i don't understand that or how that happened at all there you go just at all yeah yeah like did no one screen this at any point and go hey how about we uh i don't know up the font size a little bit i don't think i think maybe screening it cost a thousand dollars that they didn't have (laughs) spend it on that demon what the hell i don't know what any of those title cards said no like i I know what maybe two of them said yeah i assume they were names and miles was like no this is bullshit i was like oh okay yeah yeah it was pointless so i don't know if heidi hollis was in this i looked at her picture and i didn't recognize her from it but she wrote a book in 2001 she described shadow people as shadowy natch Mm -hmm. broad shoulders wide-brimmed hat unremarkable face with red eyes we already mentioned easier to beat and fixes range anywhere from turning light on to invoking jesus name people have reported the figures attempting to jump on their chest and choke them and that's not an uncommon no, thing. that's a sleep paralysis thing for sure. There's like illustrations from the Renaissance about people having this experience. And you even hear it in a lot of ghost hunting shows in the Cerro Gordo ghost town episode of Ghost Adventures. That's what the woman who uh, was married to the caretaker when they yeah. spent a night in that bedroom. That's what she said happened is some shadowy figure jumped on her and started choking her. The other thing that's interesting in the nightmare is they they talk about how the more you research it, the more likely it is for it, it, it can actually start happening to you. So it's like the more you're thinking about it, the more it can happen. Which, again, takes me back to the idea that it's something that gets to your subconscious first, because that's that's what your dreams are dealing with is your oh, yeah. subconscious. And when you're asleep, like one of the things if you look into programming your subconscious, one of the things they'll tell you is like, if you have to memorize a bunch of shit, record yourself saying it on tape and just play it while you sleep. Like your brain is still working and is still, it's actually working better because the rest of you is so relaxed. Most of you, my dear listeners is in your subconscious period. Yeah. That's, I mean, that whole iceberg theory thing, that's most of who you are is way, way deep down. Like it's your, your, your decision-making is being controlled by layers and layers of who you are. That if you go unexamined, you know, you could argue that you never made a decision on your own, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's like, it, it sounds like, because again, the, the fucking secret book, I think has really tainted that area of study, but it's, oh, a- I'm fascinated by it. I think, I think it's real. First of all, um, I'm not talking about the secret. I'm just talking about the mechanism that was explored in the secret, much like that. There are two separate documentaries about sleep paralysis that we're discussing. 
there are a lot of different people that sanely talk about things like, you know, the, the buzzword is manifestation, but you know, it doesn't really matter what you call it. It's not crazy to think that if, you know, you're focusing on trying to be more integrated with yourself, better things are going to happen to you. That's not a crazy thought at all. No. And I think it's a thing that researchers have looked into enough to know that your subconscious is capable of producing some very crazy results. Like that's where spontaneous healing and things like that come from. It's usually tied to some sort of effort like that. So if stuff like that is possible when you're dealing with that realm of consciousness, this is too. Of course. This could just be another thing that happens in that realm of your mind that it's hard to visualize or capture because it's happening back there. I think having is evidence of wanting personally. And I know it's a sticky thought, but at the end of the day, and you see this a lot with these interviewers, I'm not saying that they want to be terrified every night, but I am saying that a part of them wants to be terrified every night because when they talk about it, this is the thing that has brought their life meaning. This is the thing that makes them different. This is the thing that makes them interesting. And that really comes through in a lot of these Zoom things, especially that woman with the fucking hat. There's a woman in a hat that's if I if as a producer, if I had set up an interview with somebody for a documentary about the hat man and I showed up and my subject was wearing that hat, I'd be so bummed out. Yeah. Take it off. Yeah. And she's she's describing the hat man at one point and she goes and he was wearing a hat. And just as soon as she said that, I was like, fucking go ahead and say it. And sure yeah. enough, she goes much like the one I'm wearing now. And it's like, oh, yeah. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, it was gross. But I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like, you can choose to focus on the darkness if you want, because I think it, of course, I think it's interesting. That's what our, sh- I mean, our show is called Pretty Scary. I'm fascinated by that stuff. But on on the daily, you know, I have to put my energy somewhere else and not just about these meta- metaphysical experiences that I have, because those are just experiences, just like everything else. And they're overwhelmingly not what I experience typically. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. So let's talk about the documentary a little more. Was there a particular story that weirded you out the most? Um, Oh, I felt like you were going to have an answer right away. I no, can, I no. For me, it was definitely the one with the baby that that yeah. one really freaked me out. Yeah, that because the, the description of it also includes the baby freaking out. It wasn't even just that. I have met plenty of women that want to believe that their child has, you know, interacted with something greater than anything we could possibly, you know. It was the earnestness of the mom in her explanation that's, that freaked me out the most. Not what she was saying, it's how she said it that scared me. And then the other, and then her mom jumping in yeah. on that. Yeah, her mom being so on board with it also. Well, because the, the story the woman tells is first that she had seen this hat man uh, first in a dream yep, and then had just seen him like 15 to 20 times after that, not only in dreams, just like no. out. And it's important to note that this is a woman who had a child and from the way she describes her day, doesn't have a lot of free time and no. with a baby probably is not getting a ton of sleep once again. And she reports seeing this thing like 15 to 20 times. And then 
the incident she brings up in this documentary, she's sitting on the couch unwinding after having put the kid to sleep and just gets this sense that she needs to go check on the kid. Which, by the way, as a parent, you get a million times, like you get those feelings. So to have that feeling confirmed in the way that it was confirmed would traumatize me as a parent in a way that I don't know how I would ever come back from that. Yeah, what she says happened is she got up from the couch, ran to the kid's room, opened the door, and standing right there over her kid's crib is this hat man figure and the kid loses its shit and just starts screaming and she's just like frozen in place for a minute like what the fuck is this really not okay and they were like well what did you do and she's like well what could i do i grabbed my kid and got the fuck out of there oh i would i would go full you know sigourney weaver and you know get away from her you bitch kind of a thing but yeah i mean what do you do what are you supposed to do and what i do like about the wealth of interviews in this documentary is with each one it becomes a little harder to write every single person off as crazy I, I totally agree i don't think these people i don't think anybody is lying about their experience i think i think what gets under my skin about certain people is the way they have identified with these stories they're you know like we see a lot of these people on ghost adventures like i joked about that one lady who i wanted to kind of punch in the face just for being there uh in her like weird old timey outfit there are just some people that like have made this their thing their identity and like they have this special knowledge of the you know the, the world on the other side and when you talk to people that actually live in those spaces like patty who we interviewed there's no gatekeeper feeling with those people it's like oh i'm so happy you're here you know to hear my story or get my side of it or you know okay i'll tell you the story it's weird i like those vibes i don't like the oh i'm wearing this hat isn't it i just just you know help you understand you know the kind of hat that i'm talking about yeah um i bought this hat for that reason and i wrote this book and self-published it and here it is and you know i have tattoos on my arms that all signify you know all the different angels that i call (laughs) on to protect me every night you know it's like jesus you're an exhausting person Right. You need therapy. I believe you and you need therapy. You need to talk to a real human woman about all of your (laughs) abuse that you clearly wear everywhere. Yeah. And the thing about it is I I can't stress this enough, but I, I know a lot of people will watch this documentary and be very skeptical, even if all my husband was. Yeah. And the thing is, all of these people have very similar experiences And again, it could just be a thing that manifests when you are not getting the rest you need. and Or it could be that when you're not getting the rest you need, it opens you up to things like this. Well, yeah, either. I mean, that's that's kind of conversation, right? Two sides of the same coin. But even then, it, it could still be a medical thing. Like, don't jump off board just because there's no like medical explanation for it right now. But the fact that all these people report the same thing when they're all under similar conditions is a thing worth exploring and not a thing worth laughing off just because science hasn't told you it's real yet. If there was a way that we could like help fix these people's vibes (laughs) so they weren't attracting energy vampires, like maybe we should work on that for them. Yeah. One of my favorite interviews One of the, the, it's one of the first guys they interview. He's wearing a baseball hat and glasses. He has a mustache. And the thing, like his story is really interesting. And then he tells this 
a follow-up story about how his sister at one point was like, oh, yeah, uh, grandma used to experience that exact same thing. And then at one point he goes, and I wanted to get more information from my sister about it, but she never called back. And it's like, did you just have that conversation this morning? And then the documentary crew showed up? Like, I think so. I think that's how <laughs> this documentary got put together. I'm serious. Well, yeah, like, no, there's no crew. No, like, there's no crew. These are all clearly either Skype interviews or they were like, do you want to be in the documentary? Yes. Do you have a budding journalist in the family who might <laughs> want to film the interview and send it to me? Yes. Perfect. You're in. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I think the... I'm just going to be back here making this CGI demon. <laughs> Don't mind me. I think the final part that I found really interesting was the the connection of family lineage that well, that is touched on. And that guy kind of introduces the topic. But um, Yeah, the- I, I was bummed that he introduces the topic and brings up David Icke. I hate that that man is brought up in this documentary. And that's the thing, that family lineage thing, you peel away, peel away the onions of that and it's some anti-Semite shit. It is. It is. But in the beginning, when they're first talking about it, it's not. It's just these people seem to be attracted to families. And then that one Scottish guy brings up David Icke and it's like, oh, you took this and ran in the wrong direction. And honestly, they should never have put that in this documentary. Yeah, I was I was glad it didn't carry on it shouldn't have been there. Long. It just should not. You don't need to give David Icke light of day. You don't need people watching this documentary going on to Google him and then being opened into that. Like that's that guy needs to go away. His name, everything. And then what the guy says about him made me even more upset because the guy's like, I know a lot of people, you know, think he's controversial, but hey, he sticks by what he says. And I really respect some. It's, it's this populist bullshit. All right. Like I hated that guy. Yeah. And it, that said, it does speak to a theory I've always held or more a concern. I think that I've always held when it comes to aliens, especially with all of the rumors that have swirled around the aliens, giving Nazis a bunch of technology. What if aliens are anti-Semites? It's not a good thought. It's a terrible thought. Like, we are expecting all of these alien races to be so much more enlightened than the rest of us. And what if they come down here and they're just a bunch of racist fucks, too? Yeah. I think that any time you're talking about different species, from an evolutionary standpoint, you're going to immediately get stuck in a conversation about superiority. And all we can hope is that if there are aliens, that they are not interested in that conversation. That's our best hope. Right. Especially because the fact that they all made it here points to them being far superior to us. Right. You know, so hopefully superiority does not lean towards more scary shit. Yeah, here's hoping. Has it led to scary shit so far? Only allegedly. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I actually, no, actually, I just read an article today about an astronaut who says that he's got information that aliens prevented a nuclear holocaust. You heard that one? Um, I have not heard that specific angle, but I know there is a very famous uh, UFO encounter story where UFOs allegedly just took out a bunch of missile targets or 
like missile silos all in one night. This one is about how they disarmed a bunch of nuclear weapons at the same time all over the world. Yeah, I think I think we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, sounds about right. I Which, like that. Uh, that would point to good aliens. Well, yeah, there's I mean, one of the other suggestions about why aliens showed up, like all of our UFO reports coincide with all of our nuclear testing. Yep. And one of the suggestions is someone up there saw us doing that and was like, what are you doing? We're coming Uh down there. Hey, you're grounded. We're coming down there. No more nuclear bombs for you kids. No more nuclear weapons except for like nine of you. And even then, we've got our eyes on you. We're watching you, United States. I hope so. I hope someone's watching out for us, Adam. Yeah, or I hope the aliens are out there to protect the rest of the world from us. Either way, I hope the aliens are out there doing good and not bad. And I hope these aliens that are coming to us in our sleep paralysis dreams are also sometimes good. It seems like they're not, but you never know. I think there are great and mighty forces coming to our aid all the time. But I think that we, as human beings, as organisms, are looking for threat more than we're looking for help. And I think if we're talking about what we open ourselves up to, what we're allowing ourselves to see, I think we see scarier things because we are looking for scary things. We know this about the human brain. So that's what I think. Yeah, I think people should just watch this documentary. And Yeah, I want to hear what y'all think. Approach it with as much of an open mind as you can. Like It's more fun that way. It's yeah. more fun. And I'll tell you right now, there are people in it who aren't as believable as others. There, are, There's a woman that I think they linger on a little too long because it's clear that there's something more going on with her than just what they everyone else is talking about. They should about. have trimmed her way down. Yeah, they, they, yeah, I think they kind of dropped the ball at the end where I don't know if they think they're focusing on the most interesting case. They're wrong wrong about that. They're definitely wrong about that. I think they're focusing instead on the one clear sign of mental illness. Yeah. she Because everything she sees gets incorporated. Like she talks about watching the Babadook because the filmmaker told her to. And then she was like, Yep. After that, everything I saw looked like the Babadook. And it's like, okay, well, this is a different thing. (laughs) This is very different. Lady. (laughs) I still sympathize with what you're going through and I hope it is resolved, but very different than most of the other stories in this. No, she's very troubled. It was sad. But beyond that, it's, I mean. Some of them are really interesting. Yeah. It's, and it's an interesting phenomenon. Watch both of the documentaries. There's. A lot of stuff that's been written about this phenomenon, it's a thing that a lot of people experience, whether you believe it or not. Like, you don't have to believe it. It's happening to people. So it's worth looking into why. I like that. I like that take. Yeah. It's a good take. I liked this documentary. I like this topic. And um, I'm glad we I'm glad we touched on it a little bit. I think it's a fascinating topic. I would love to hear from people that have had sleep paralysis stories. I do not doubt that somebody, at least listening to us, has had one. Yeah. I mean, we and we've done that would be a really I mean, <laughs> for my selfish reasons, that would be a very easy episode for us to research. We did an episode about breakup stories where people just sent in scary breakup stories send us your sleep paralysis stories oh hell yeah well we gonna do an ama yes on the pretty scary uh supercast site there is a section 
uh, I'll have to make sure it's, uh, before this goes up, I'll make sure it's set up, but there's a section where you can submit questions to me and Caitlin mm-hmm. and we will respond to them on the show or, or Caitlin, if people go to anchor.fm slash pretty scary, right? There is a button right there on the page. Click it. You can record a voicemail for us. Please do that. And I want to hear your voices. You know what I sound like? I don't know what you sound like. Leave us a voice message on Anchor, on the Anchor site specifically. I know we the network has a litany of phone numbers that you can call, but uh, easier for me if you do it right there through that Anchor page. Oh my God, I'd be so happy. And me and Caitlin will uh, answer your questions. Yeah, we're going to collect a couple and we'll do an episode out of that for sure. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, yeah, we just want to interact with y'all. Dude, we're all stuck inside. So, yeah. And let's do this. There's no better time. But definitely leave us a voicemail. Please do. And uh, we'll we'll respond to those. And uh, this is, is this a bonus episode? Yeah, this is a bonus episode. Phone so con. You're already subscribed, so you're doing the right thing Thank there. You. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, anchor.fm slash pretty scary. Leave us a voicemail. And uh, that's all I got. Do you got anything to plug, Caitlin? Uh, please find me on Twitter at Bossy Matilda. You can also find me on Instagram at Caitlin Rose Cut. I just, I want to, I want to meet y'all. Oh, and follow Pretty Scary on Twitter. Yes, I will be managing the Twitter account. So you will also be talking to me there. Well, I mean, you, you asked me for the password like over a week ago, Caitlin. I've obviously sent it to you by now. So, I so. am just saying I am excited to be uh, managing the Twitter account and I've already enjoyed all of the interactions that I've had via Twitter. Great, great. That's what I thought you meant. That's what I meant. That's what I meant because that, what I just said, is the truth. And that's what we do here. <laughs> that's all we do here. All we do here. All right. Uh, Let's get the fuck out of here. Caitlin, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Oh, my God.